are now tuned into the game. We are the gentlemen advance. Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Where evolution is revolution. Brother Jay, we, we just got in some, some hot and heavy uh, conversation. In the green room. Uh, in the green room, and, and we're going we gonna to table that, because table that, you know, a lot of times people ask how we start a podcast. Yeah. Like, what, like, what do you do to start a podcast? And yeah. It, you know, a lot of people think it's just the, it's the technology of the shit, right? Microphones and audio equipment. And don't get me wrong, throughout growing pains, we've gone through that thing, like thinking, all right, well, it's the technology yeah. that if we get that right, then the podcast is just gonna be successful, right? Yeah. And then, and then you know, we kind of started it before COVID, and so we had to change, like going from live recording sessions to virtual recording sessions, Which and we then are still doing. <laughs> which we're still doing just because the schedules schedules are still crazy. Convenient. <laughs> still crazy right so ain't shit really changed <laughs> but i think part of it is like a lot of people i guess the way we describe it sometimes we do have pre-production meetings so like the, let's not let the smooth taste fool you yeah like we we plan shit out of court like we we are about our business you know what i'm saying we we, we ain't doing this shit willy-nilly and i think that's why we've been able to be, be consistent for the last four years and having all the streams and the, and what I like to perceive as moderate success across the globe. Right. I mean, I ain't lie. I ain't gonna lie. I thought 10 niggas was going to be listening to us turned out to be a little more than 10. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you to members of the village. So I'm not saying we go into this shit like willy nilly, but I'm also saying like, we do have some structure in mind, but a lot of times brother Jay, we kind of have this thing like, all right, we might have a perceived topic that we want to discuss, but a lot of times we just let the spirit fill up the room. Yeah, that's man. what happens. Then, that's what happens. Then the spirit fill up the room, and it's like, ah, I get it now. So you know, as as empaths, as light workers, man, sometimes we just we are guided by the light. Yep. Right, and so that's really the basis and premise of our show. I'm not saying that we could give you the recipe because we could, but your food won't taste the same. Won't, won't be as good, bro. And I'm not saying it'll be bad a bad meal. It just won't be as good because we we got we got a, a sauce. We got a sauce that's that's beyond us as part of our show. And so I just want to put that disclaimer out there. We had a hot topic conversation prior to hitting the record button, and you know the spirit just works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but um, happy New Year, brother Jay. Happy, hey, bro. They said we weren't gonna make it another year. Here we are. Yeah. Um, 2023. Mm. Jordan year, man. Year to goat, man. Year to goat. 2023. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, that's 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 brother Jay trying to manage expectations, man. I'm I'm like boom, just just like last year, the year before that, the year before that, the year before that. Yeah. It's gonna be my year, baby. It's it's, it's new year, new me, nigga. Yeah. yeah, it's all the things, right? And when people are saying this, I'm I'm happy for them. I. I'm not necessarily saying I'm proceeding with caution, but I am learning or my, my goal this year is to really be more present. And I was talking to my therapist and I I've deducted that I am fairly present, but it's like, what does, what does being more present look like? Right. And, not so future focused that I miss what's happening right in front of me. Right. And I think we oftentimes we want to plan for things down the road and we spend so much time and energy trying to make future things look perfect that we are missing a lot of opportunities right in the present. Right. And so I I was thinking about I'm I'm working on an event. And for two days, I designed the project map and all of the graphs and all this pivot tables and stuff, right? So when I have my first meeting, all we need to do is do the plug and play so we can see the financials, like who's on first, like what's on second, like all these, all the things, right? I spent two days. And then when I go back and I'm reading emails, like I, I literally missed out on a lot of opportunities that would have been advantageous for me to be a part of. And so that's where I had that moment. Like, 
yo, I got three weeks to work on this. I don't need to have it done right now so that it could be perfect in the after while in the by and by, as the old folks said. But like, what can I do in the here and now? Spend an hour on it, do what you can, but then tap into other aspects of your of your identity. Tap into other avenues within yourself um, and just be more present. Conversation, be more present, um, which is I'm excited because my church is starting their fast. And this year, ooh, it is 40 days. Oh, man, you in the wilderness for real. 40 for days, huh? brother, literally. In oh. the wilderness, right? Like mm. social media disconnect, um, Daniel fast, 40 days, um, financial spending, all that, like literally getting back to basics and perfect time, right? Because I resigned from my position at a toxic uh, workplace and th- things are just lining up and... So I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm I'm definitely excited because this fast will help me stay um stay present and show up even more present in what I have been. Um and and seeking some clarity and you know next steps and the direction of as you said the Jordan year and I'm just saying 2023. Nah man, I'm now I'm gonna put it up. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a, a flag in the sand, man. It's the year to go. <laughs> All right. And it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be one of the greatest years of all time you of said, all time you, of my life. You know you said that in 2022, right? It's okay. It's all I'm right. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. It's all, I'm gonna keep. It's hope, man. It's, it's hope. It's hope, man. I feel you. you know. I feel you. You know. You know. Faith. Faith is the evidence of things. Hope for. Uh huh. Hope for. Yeah. Evidence of things unseen. Yes, sir. That's what it right. is. So, so you know, hey That's man, I'm, Bible. That's Bible. I, I, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a hold on to my faith and be faithful and hopeful that I'm gonna have a goat year, man. I, I'm, I'm not gonna run from it, man. I'm making myself available for good, man. Yes. I'm making myself available for good beyond my manifestation and expectation. So, there it is. with that being said, yeah, it's gonna be the year to goat, man. And, and the, the, the good thing is, the good thing is, hell. The last four or five years been so crazy, man. Like shit, don't nothing surprise me, man. I feel like, I feel like, yo, man, I'm I'm tough as leather now. <laughs> I can't get no tougher shit. I don't know what else can happen to me at this point, bro. I, I, I just say be very careful with your words. <laughs> I know, I get it, I get it, man. I get it, I get it. But I, I'm speaking good though, man. I, I ain't running from it. I, I ain't you. running from it. I ain't running from it. Well, lace, lace them bad boys up and get on your journey. I'm I'm just gonna be present. And I'm going to have a nice, uh, purposeful um, trot. As, See, you as using the all the P's, man. Present and purposeful. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice little alliteration. A, I get it. I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be persistent. Okay. Like, I've, hey, man, I'm going to keep it going. I, I, think, I think part of it, Brother Jay, with New Year's and new beginnings and all that good stuff, man, is that... Uh, we try to be in the moment and be grateful for new years and new beginnings, even though some th- certain things seem like it's all the same. Yeah. You know, uh, two years ago, two years ago, almost to the date, we saw the greatest, the greatest uh, scene of Caucasian dysfunction <laughs> in America since, <laughs> since the civil war. Right. And <laughs> two years and two years later, man, we've seen the second greatest <laughs> scene of Caucasian dysfunction in uh, Kevin McCarthy trying to run for Speaker of the House, which has been a damn soap opera in itself Bruh. the whole the, the whole time. Hell, I almost equate I almost equate the 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 House Speaker. I don't know if you want to call it uh, negotiating. <laughs> Voting, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know if you want to call it back room, back office politics, smoke filled room politics. I don't know. I just think it's hilarious that Kevin McCarthy was like an NFL player or a particular prospective NFL player, NBA player mm-hmm. on draft night. On draft night, right? And you you know they're gonna get drafted. You just don't know in what order. And so the camera is like pointing at them the whole time. And then the longer it takes for them to get drafted, the further down the draft board they get, it's like, it's an awkward moment. 
Cause at some point you like, you're like the athlete in the green room and you in that joint all by yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. The problem that I have is Kevin McCarthy was the only motherfucker getting drafted. (laughs) (laughs) And he's still. That that joint, (laughs) yo, that joint looked like he was the only person in the green room and everybody knew he was going to get drafted. It just took 15 times. (laughs) Yo. And the funny part was, right. I said, they know it's going to happen. But now people are doing a flex. Like, this is a power flex. Like, I need you to understand that you need me. And it probably was some water cooler conversation that he said maybe six, seven years ago. And somebody was like, ah, my get back game is strong. And 15, 15 yo, rounds, 15 bro. times, man. 15 times. Yo, that sounds like the number of times Ric Flair done won the heavyweight championship of the world, man. <laughs> like, yo, 15 times. Oh, and and the the wild thing is, as an American, right? I was embarrassed, man. I was embarrassed. I was I I was embarrassed as an American, man, watching that shit. And then also, of course, two years ago, the the other debauchery. But it's kind of like, yo, Caucasian dysfunction, man. Caucasian dysfunction, and somehow, somehow, some way, yo, the the brother, the brother Hakeem Jeffries. The the new the new house minority leader. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man. He he just looked like a he just looked like a, a black cowboy rolling in on a white horse to save the day, man. <laughs> he he looked pristine, man. You ever seen a situation where there's Caucasian dysfunction and somehow it's the brother that that ends up looking pristine? I've never seen it before in my life. <laughs> never seen it. Yeah, I was just looking at. Uh... Like how many individuals had to have multiple rounds of um, elections? I mean, votes, right? How many ballots? Fifteen uh, times, bro. Fifteen, and that wasn't even the highest. It was one hundred and thirty-three in eighteen fifty-five with Nathaniel yeah. P. Banks. Yeah, they ain't have Instagram or Black Twitter then, though. They ain't have CNN or NBC that or part. Fox News then, boy. <laughs> But the sad part was, I was like, we're doing all of this. And I was like, the bigger picture is that in the case of the a vacancy in the president and the vacancy of the vice president, the speaker is next in line to lead the nation. Like, scary. And this is how we acting. Like, this, it this was, is how we acting. It was a lot, bro. I ain't even going to hold you. Um, but the more the more things change, brother Jay, the more things stay the same. <laughs> and a so. part of me, a part of me was wishing <laughs> that the Republicans that were holding out or the individuals who were independent weren't voting for either one. Like, just put your votes on brother Jeffrey and let's get this shit over with. But nah, like, man, that's too much. Like, that's too much. Like, white. Excuse me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like. You know, stranger things have happened. I was like, but what would happen if those remaining Republicans just switched their vote over to Brother Jeffries and... Because for real, if you really want to piss white people off, vote for a brother. Bruh. Like, that Like that. That probably would have been the ultimate the flex move. The second raid on the Capitol would have happened on the yeah. anniversary yeah. of the first yeah. insurrection. Yeah. It, yeah. Shit yeah, would have got real. But in my head, like... <laughs> I was in conference calls and I watching it on CNN and I was cracking up. I was like, yo, what would happen if these remaining Republicans just went ahead and be like, you know what? Let me put some razzle on this dazzle and mm-hmm. switched. I'm like, yo, they might've would have, they might've would have been outed, bro. Yo, <laughs> like, dude, yo, dude, that, but when you think about it, that's more, that's, that's way more of a flex in a F you than like voting present. Or even voting for another person that you know has no chance of winning. Nah, let's vote for the brother. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 see, white people they ain't gonna go that far. <laughs> they they gonna fuck up their own shit. <laughs> they gonna they gonna they gonna they gonna uh, lead an insurrection on their own capital. But they ain't gonna give a brother a platform mm-hmm. to have any influence on that decision. <laughs> so <laughs> it's power. It's about power structure, man. Power structure. Complete. But. But I, I just think it's wild because from my understanding, McCarthy, this was like his lifetime goal or ambition, right? Like he he's he's legit tried to position himself 
all the while throughout his tenure since he was elected. I think he was first elected in like 06, 04, 06, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's been positioning himself to one day, bec- like that was a lifelong goal to become Speaker of the House. And you mean to tell me that over the last decade and a half or so, you haven't built up enough coalition. <laughs> like people don't know who you are that much that you got to go through that shit 15 times. But then I thought about it even further, brother Jay. I thought about it even further. It's kind of like some of the stuff that we go through just with our own relationships and mm. in our job. And like people only ask us the tough questions until we have lost uh, they they only ask us the tough questions when mm-hmm. we have lost interest, or we've changed our level of focus on even either wanting to be part of a specific environment, wanting to be part of a particular relationship, wanting to be part of fuckery that may may cause us harm yeah. <laughs> in the process. Right? Yeah. That's when people want to get to know you. That's when people start to ask the tough questions when it's like too late. Too late. Too little, too you know, late. Too little, too late, right? There wasn't that a song, Johnny Mathis? Yeah. Something. I, I, Johnny Mathis. Yeah, Let you know look. Johnny Mathis. Yeah, yeah, I had to Google that one, man. But I, but I'm, I'm curious to know, like, why is it so important for someone to ask the tough questions when the episode or the chapter in the book? or the season of that point in time has come to a close. Mm. Like, if you don't know me by now... Then you'll never, never know. Never know. You never know. And I and I, and, and it's crazy that we're using McCarthy as an example of this, right? But it's kind of like, yo, if you ain't know the people that was... If you didn't know the people in your camp, won't in your camp, that was not the time to find out. <laughs> Bro, like it's it, at the it, sake of your reputation. That was that was not the time to find out who was in your corner and who wasn't. And to this, to to a certain extent, these individuals probably aren't really in your corner. They just didn't want someone from the opposing party to take the helm. That's it. And okay, so so with, with that in mind, right? Why does the question even come about? Right. I, I don't know. Do like do people do human beings have like this uh internal or innate ability to get as close as possible to you? And maybe they don't know you. Maybe they don't want to get to know you, but the goal is to get as close to you as you they possibly can to shit on you at the most inconvenient time for you and most convenient time that they can shine and get the light shined on them. <laughs> like, that's a that's a cold-blooded way to approach life, man. Yeah. Like, if you don't know me after 15 years, then, hey, it's a wrap. Yeah. If you don't know me after 10 years, it's a wrap. If you don't know my behavior, my actions, and how I have made you feel about you and your life as it relates to a connection to my life, then yo, it's it's gonna never happen. Yeah. And it's wild because over the last year, I have found and witnessed and been a part of some experiences myself where yo, we legit stay in relationships and stay in environments. Because I think part of us, we want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when we're not accepted, we feel a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fair. But in the cases when we're not accepted, I don't see like, do we do we do we play the victim and try to figure out the why? Or is it a situation where the lack of acceptance is like the confirmation that maybe this isn't the right environment or this isn't the right relationship or this isn't the right connection that I need to have for the, the greater good of my own life and the ability to be authentic and the ability to uh, understand 
have a level of awareness to figure out my my role in this whole universe of connectedness that we have with people. Yeah. Like if you don't know me, then what's the point of wasting time and energy to try to allow you to a chance to get to know me or me to disclose more information about myself cuz you are you're going to have a interpretation about me one way or another. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's it's I'll say it's human nature that um we always want the best out of a situation and we don't necessarily stop to assess each situation as an individual experience you get into a relationship oh you're supposed to get married have children live happily ever after the end you die holding each other's hand you don't really get into a relationship thinking like oh shit this may end <laughs> this may end in 5 years this this may be a good 10 year run and then boom it ends in divorce no one gets married with the th- with the notion that this is going to end in divorce in seven years, right? You go to a new job, depending on when you were born. You never really say, oh, this would be a good job for the next nine months, right? Your, your thinking is that this is a good space and I'm going to be here as long as, you know, as the space permits me to be here. No one goes in, like not many people go in and say, oh, yeah, this is a good temporary job, right? You don't really go through all the rounds of interviews to say, oh, yeah, I just needed a check for three weeks, so let me rock this out for three weeks. Like, you go in with the intention or or being hopeful that this is going to be beneficial to my life in the long run. Like, this is, I'm going to be here for a long time and a good time. You don't really go in with this limited thinking of, oh, yeah, she's fine. She likes me. I like her. We could probably ride this out for a year and a half, and then, you know, I'm going to be on to the next. Most people don't assess individual situations. Go ahead. That's a cold-blooded way of, like, trying to create expectations because like because like, like you said it's like if you if you go into a new relationship it's new it's fresh it's, mm-hmm. it, it's invigorating you know what i mean there, there are things to learn and then once you learn those things ah. then your your scope changes oh, your well, perspective changes right thanks 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 for coming <laughs> yeah so but but like, but to your point you never go into a situation to say ah this is gonna last a year and a half and then uh i'm gonna self-sabotage this shit because I'm gonna be disinterested. Yeah, like that. That's never. <laughs> it's never. And there's never a base level of assessment. And I was talking to a friend the other day, and I'm listening to her struggles. And I said, "Well, did you ever stop to evaluate the situation before you like jumped all the way in, like?" You were intrigued by his physique, his charm, his intellect. Did you really think about compatibility? I can like you. Hell, I could love you. I could be in love with you and we not be compatible. Compatibility and love are not the same. Did you ever think that, oh, on a scale of 1 to 10, you give him a 10 or a 9 on what's appealing to you? Did you ever think, like, hmm, maybe I should find out, like, what's this individual like when he gets mad? What is this individual's goals and dreams? Like, are our dreams and goals in alignment with each other? Or, like, are they somewhat adjacent? Like, if I try to achieve mine and he tries to achieve his, will it take us in opposite directions? Or, right, in order for him to achieve his, you all doing this thing for the long run, like, are you going to have to give up yours and are you okay with it? Like, let's really talk about some of these things. And she was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I never thought about any of this. I said, so you invest all your time, temple, talent, and treasure in a relationship for nine months to find out 
this ain't who you want to be with. And there's a difference in, you know, (laughs) there's a difference in reaching a plateau and then becoming disinterested. Like, all relationships go to a plateau, and it's not that they're not excited anymore. It's just like, oh, this is you're just used to this, right? But the plateau is also a space for you to to rest and recharge because you' about to go up a hill, and that hill's going to come like, oh, here's conflict. Okay, right? So appreciate the plateaus. Anyone that's listening, you're in a relationship. Appreciate the plateaus because this is the time for you to gather all the necessary items that you need to tread that hill that's approaching. But is that I, what the Republican Party's doing now? <laughs> brother, I don't even think this is a plateau for them. This is <laughs> shit, bro. Like, I don't this, nigga, this was like speed dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. They were just trying I, to find anybody. Shit, yo. But no, but but it's like, if you don't know me by now, the question is, how often do we really take the time to know individuals? beyond our boxes that we need other people to check. We don't, man. I don't think, I don't think we do. I don't think we do at, at all, man. And and it's crazy because I've had probably five intense conversations. Mm-hmm. Let's call let's call them intense conversations, brother Jay. I see what you did there. Over the last four months or so, mm-hmm. with individuals that I consider um, part of my my circle, mm-hmm. my deep my deep in the what, what do they call it in the temple back in the day? Like the you, you're in the space of the holiest of holiest, yeah, yeah. right? Like that that area of, and space of your life where there's only few people that you even give access to, mm-hmm. and it ain't because you feel a certain kind of way about them. It's more so like you you might have given them access to this particular piece of your life just by the nature of the relationship or the 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 physical presence that they've been around you in life it's like all right the the closest the close people crime usually happens <laughs> and <laughs> crime usually happens i don't know where this is going <laughs> in a close proximity to where other crime happens right I'm not it ain't doing, i'm not doing crime kev i'm just saying <laughs> So my point, my point is a lot of times people have access to you just because you grew up on the same block or you grew up in the same household or you live in the same household or this has been the person that you you've known all of your life. So therefore they have access to you, even if you don't know, they should, should or should not have access to you. So you kind of go on with the status quo. Because that's just the, the the nature of it. And so when you talk, when you ask the question, like, do we give people the opportunity to get to know you or do you seek the opportunity to get to know someone else? I don't think that we get beyond the boxes that you check. And let's, let's just use family as an example, right? Mm-hmm. I have siblings on both sides, my mother and my father's side, right? Um, I got a, I a sister and a brother that was born in the same year, <laughs> but who, who both I'm 15 years older than, mm-hmm. right? So you have you have relationships just by the sheer nature of how you're positioned in someone's life. Yeah. I have I have uh, three siblings, two of which deceased. And one of the deceased I never met in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about them. I didn't know about one sibling until after they had passed. Right. So as a brother, I had to do a lot of reflecting, kind of going through like my own grieving process and like just my own mental space the last couple of years and dealing with COVID and stuff, I was like, mm, I want to get to know who, who my brother was. Yeah. Right. Even though he died at 13 and learning about reading his obituary and learning about some of his career goals and aspirations 
and doing some research on ancestry or whatever to find like a headstone and to find a aunt's name in an obituary and reaching out to that aunt who didn't know me from Adam to ask questions to say, Hey, well, this is my brother. I don't think you all knew about me. I didn't know about you all. And we exchanging pictures and the fact that the the dude, the little dude looked just like me at 13 or looks like my son at 12. Like it's strange, but, I don't think we intentionally get to know people until like the opportunity is gone or has passed or something been for, or until we've been forced to. Right. Yeah. And so I use that example, like with my, with my brother, like he's still a part of me. I never knew him, but I used the opportunity to try to just clarify my relationships and be present in my relationships and see the value of the different relationships that I had but I didn't have the opportunity to get to know him when he was alive. And so I I do think to answer your question, we're not that intellectually curious until we have to be about like Mm -hmm. the ins and outs of our people in our circle or relationships that we need to cultivate or relationships that we need to disconnect from or environments that we need to, get out of our comfort zone to be more of a part of for our greater development or environments that we need to remove ourselves from mm-hmm. because it's a, a greater detriment yeah. than it is a, is a, a blessing. Yeah. Right. And for some reason, we just don't go into that process. Like think about, think about your boys, man. Like you check in and you check in as a friend, but I think in those instances where you see like people that you care about going through, conflict or going through high stress moments I think you learn new things about them good or bad or indifferent in that process absolutely like I've told like people have told me um I attended a funeral back in uh back in beginning of December Mm -hmm. and a comment was made to me well man I didn't think you would be at this funeral just based on everything that has transpired with me last year yeah I'm like man well why would you think that? I'm thinking in my head, and and I guess they're like, oh, well, you've gone through so much grief, then you're still exposing yourself to more grief. But in my mind, it's like, I care about my friend's loss. Yeah, I care about the person that we're here to honor. Yeah, And so whatever I'm going through, it's not as great as me being it's not it's not as great as me being there to support my friends and my loved ones in their time of need right so I, like i never i never think like that yeah but i think people have a perception to kind of see like what's your metal or your integrity or uh your character when you when you go through adversity and but you, you never you would never ask those questions like if you if you linked up with your boy over drinks or something like in that. general right and i think oh in general I, but but i will say you and I have had conversations like this, right? And then most of the people that we're connected to, we tend to have deeper level conversations to where when the situation arises and we see it, we're not surprised by it because we're like, ah, this is on par. Like we, and (laughs) another one of my friends was talking to me about some of her relationship issues and she was a very good detective towards the end of her relationship. And I said, you know, after the relationship was over, I said, if you use that same energy to find out information that about X, Y, and Z, if you would have used that same level of energy in the beginning to get to know them on the, on the eyewitness level, like firsthand level, direct person to person level, you, you wouldn't be in the situation you are in now. Right. Because you had all this energy at the end, trying to find something that didn't exist. Right. And you know, old folks, grandma, you say you look for, you look for a snake long enough. You're going, you're going, you're going to step on one. Right. And it's like what you found wasn't detrimental, wasn't something that rocked your world. But the fact that you had to go through all of these things to find this information that was non-existing, right? Like I told you, be careful when you knock on doors when you want people to answer because, like, it's going to get back to the person that you're inquiring about. I remember um, 
one of the elders said something to me, and it went over my head when they said it. They was like, be careful who you vent to, because, you know, vents go to other rooms. And I was like, all right. Vents go through the whole damn house, bro. bro. That's some cold. Damn, that's cold. That's cold right there. So I, I it went completely over my head, because I'm like, all right. And then, as I'm talking to uh, one of my friends from high school who works on HVACs, and he was he said something that triggered that that saying, and I was like, "Oh shit!" He was like, "Yeah, this vent actually um, is connected to this this vent over in this room, and this blah 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 is connected here, and blah blah blah." So, and I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> like he said, that's why you can hear. If someone is talking in a certain room louder in certain places through the vent. And I'm amazed, but then I thought about it, right? Like, be careful who you vent to, because vents travel to other rooms of the house, right? And so she did a lot of, there was a lot of collateral damage in her search for something that didn't exist. And he basically said to her, he was like, it's not that you, he was like, you found nothing. But it was the fact that you didn't come to ask me. And it was the fact that you did all of this stuff behind the scenes in search or in hopes of finding something to use against me. You found nothing because nothing existed. But now we can't even move forward in this relationship because there is no trust. Right. It was something she saw on social media and something that one of her friends was going through. So then she started to say, oh, well, I never thought to uh, ask those questions. Let me go see what I can find out. And now here you are. Years later. Still in search of your bow ass because <laughs> you wanted to show your ass. Hey, hey, you, but, but in this case, you ain't gleaning in the field. You gleaning, you gleaning in, on black Twitter. <laughs> and getting blocked on Instagram <laughs> right and it's like use your energy and your effort for good like we don't have we as humans and people friends intimate relationships partners we don't have conversations beyond the surface yeah and, it, and it's crazy because if you don't know me by now but you never bothering to ask or you don't want to be bothered asking then what's the point, right? And sometimes people don't ask questions because they're afraid of the answer. That's fair too, yeah. And I remember I told my ex-girlfriend, I said, when you ask a question, be prepared for an answer that may not fit your favorable response. Right? Even if it goes down to, if does this dress make me look fat? You really want them to not focus on the negative. You really want them to say, no, this looks great on you. A part of you also wants them to be honest with you, but you really want the agreement, not the Over opinion. the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I always be careful when you ask the question because in your head, you want to hear a certain answer. If my response doesn't match up with what is in your head or what you think my answer should be, then that's going to lead forward another conversation. So just be very, pre be prepared, right? And so a lot of times we don't ask questions because we're afraid of the answer. If this doesn't go the way I have in my head, like I don't have a plan B in this conversation. So if this doesn't go the way I planned in my head, like, I'm going to panic. I'm not going to know what to do. And now I'm going to have to resort to something that I'm typically, I typically do. So either I'm going to have to cause a scene, <laughs> make an argument, get upset and leave because I don't really know how to handle what comes next. Mm -hmm. But going back, like asking these questions, like finding out why <laughs> I remember my own boy, he came to me, he said, bro, like, I need your help. And I was like, all right, what's up? I'm thinking you, we got to move some stuff, which one I don't do. So it's like, I got to pay for some movers to help you out. Or like you got some computer issues. I'm thinking like real everyday shit. He was like, nah, bro, I need, I need your therapist hat. And I was like, ah. <laughs> all right, what's what happened? He was like, bro, like anytime 
I leave my girlfriend's presence. Like, she just gets real, real clingy. And, like, she asked me five times, when am I coming back? Am I coming back? Blah, blah, blah. If I go to the store and she knows it's seven minutes away and I got a couple things to get, she gives me, like, a, in her head, she plans this time. Like, okay, it should take him about this much time to get there, this much time to shop, and then this much time to get back. He was like, bro. That's stressful. He was like, if I'm gone too long, she's calling and she's worried and she's concerned. And I said, go back and ask her where that comes from. Ask her where it comes from. But is he ready for the response, though? Yeah. And I said, and given the response, right, that will help you in terms of having a conversation like, okay, I can, I can stay with her in this space while she works on this, or this may be too much for me. Come to find out, fast forward, like, you know, dad ran to the uh, corner store to get some cigarettes and never came back. Oh, Lord. Put your mom on the phone. <laughs> yeah, put your mom on the phone. Like, when she was hey. seven. When she was ain't seven. ain't coming home no more. Right? Oh, she, she's 37. So oh. And the fact that something that happened as she was seven. Yeah, yeah. It's still manifesting itself. But but, 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 but in that situation, could the brother really change that perspective, though? The brother could, but not by himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, okay, we've identified this. Now let's get you into therapy. Right? Because you're going to have to work on that. Everyone that's saying they're going to the store isn't going to be like your father. Yeah. Right? Nigga took the trash out when I was eight. Never came back. Still going home to visit your mom, and you still go to the back door thinking that the brother's going to come back in from Mm -hmm. taking the trash out. Mm. Right? And it's like... We 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 don't know. What we do know is uh she crazy. She's doing this or he's doing this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that that and that and that's the assumption and not not saying pro or for, but I just think that's the assumption is, oh, well, I'm not gonna get to know the layers behind that or beneath that. The assumption is, oh, she crazy. Yeah. Or she clingy. Yeah. And she's she's clingy because she's crazy. Yeah. And that's it. And, and you know, but it's but it's really a, a level of you trying to get to a better understanding of where, I guess, where the symptoms stem yeah, from. What? Not necessarily the cause, but you got to you got to do some investigating. You got to get to the root, bro. Yeah. And And you got to get to the root. And you don't get to the root by making assumptions. You got to ask. And sometimes you got to ask uncomfortable questions. I remember I had to ask a question. <laughs> I remember I had to ask a series of questions once. And I'm just like, in my head, I was like, nope, this ain't going to work. Like. Just based off of their responses, I'm like, okay, let me point you into the direction of someone that can help you. But, like, until you get the help, like, I'm not in the space to where I have the patience to deal with this. Like, because this is something that you probably should have dealt with 20-some years ago. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the more scenarios that we roll out, it kind of makes sense of about why the behavior is acceptable mm-hmm. because let's just, let's just think about, you know, family dynamics, right? You don't know that uncle, uh, that uh, aunt Marlene been crazy for 40 years, 45 years. Yeah. You didn't seen the, You didn't seen the dysfunction at the, at the family reunion. You done seen the uh, spades table getting flipped over over Christmas. You done seen uh, the fifth of E and J empty uh, empty bottle of fifth of E and J on Why Easter. Why am I picturing this in my head? <laughs> but you but you've seen these yeah. different dynamics. You've seen the funeral at Big Mama funeral at Aunt Marlene going sure ham ass. plum crazy, and hadn't seen Big Mama in two years when Big Mama was alive. But now you now you pick this time, this moment to go crazy, right? Yeah. All of that behavior stems from somewhere. Something. Yes. But if but if 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 that's Aunt Marlene or cousin Marlene or my sister Marlene, right? For some reason, we never gonna investigate like like the history behind why Marlene is crazy. Someone in the family's gonna know. Somebody in the family's gonna know, but typically that's that's an elder or someone who's older than Marlene 
that knows the before Marlene, yep. the during Marlene, and then the aftermath of Marlene, and right? They not gonna say shit. They ain't gonna say nothing. Or they gonna drop, they gonna drop some, they gonna drop some gems at the most inconvenient, inopportune time. Well, you know, well, you know, Marlene, um, Marlene got hit by a car back in the day, and that messed up some cognitive stuff. Or you know, you know, Uncle So and So. Uh, was 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 bothering Marlene when she was this age, or yeah. you know, Marlene's father uh, left to go get some cigarettes never and never came that. home because we don't talk about that type of shit. Yeah, right. Like it's like like it's, it's embedded in us not to talk about trauma. It's embedded in us not to not to discuss family business. It's embedded in us not to not to divulge fuckery mm-hmm. that's probably the root cause of somebody showing up and and let me be clear when i say this right i always want people to know that it's it is not your job to become a trauma specialist and and so if you feel like mm, if i ask this question it may bring up too much and i don't i don't know how to properly deal with this recognize that But, let me not say but, and recognize it and seek out additional resources to help that individual or yourself in healing from the trauma. Right? Like, I don't show up as a trauma specialist in a lot of my relationships. I I will listen to stuff and be like, hmm, that's unfortunate. Have you talked to your therapist about that? I don't have a therapist. Okay, cool. Let me give you some resources. But I'm not going to help you do this, right? Because like it's one it's one thing if I got to do it as like as my vocation. It is very draining when I have to do that in personal relationships, when there are qualified professionals and systems in place and resources to help individuals navigate and heal from trauma, right? And so I wanted to say that for anyone that's listening to say, if they're saying, "Oh, I'm not a trauma specialist," or "I'm not going to," boom. I also want to say that if you know you don't have the tools, I don't want you to put a cape on your back and be a superhero um, because that can cause more harm than good as well. You putting out you putting out memes and and love and love dumbass, uh, dumbass inspirational messages. Yeah. (laughs) Might set somebody what I like to call the hell off. So so recognize (laughs) recognize where you are. And sometimes you just need to be the middle man or the middle woman and help get someone to their source of healing, right? Sometimes. And that's some that's some dope-ass advice, Brother Jay, because that's something I had to realize my damn self mm. over the last couple of years. Like, you know, uh, talking to one of my boys, he was like, yo, man, you always want to throw on the, throw on the, uh, the fireman's hat and the fireman's uniform and run into the burning building to save somebody. And he said, sometimes, he said, sometimes the building not yours or the, or the tenants, the tenants aren't your responsibility, right? That part. And so for me, it's recognizing that there's a burning building and pointing out the exits of said burning building and providing resources. So now I can't go in the building for you and save you, but I could call 911 and call the, and call the fire department. Or I could say, hey, fireman, there's the hydrant, so you don't got to look for it so you can help. Save, do your job. I'll be in the street and I will wave the fire engine down. It's this house right over here, right? Yeah, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's uh, you know, if we 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 type top flight security of the world, Craig, you know, our job is just to observe and report that part. (laughs) All that all 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 God gave me in this case was a whistle and a flashlight, man. Didn't give me nothing else, no other tools. And that's real, right? And (laughs) And that's okay. And I think people need to recognize that. Uh, I someone came to ask me, they was like, I need your advice because. Blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, that's more than you can handle. Refer them to someone else. Talk to them on the level in which you can handle. I said, but once they start digging deep and they start, un, un, like, revealing stuff, y'all both going to be sitting there in the silence. And then what? You'd have had them expose themselves, bring back memories that they thought they hid in their secret and inner closet. And, like, what's going to happen for that. Right. And so when you pick up, when, when they unleash or reveal some things that you don't have the tools for, like it leaves you both in a bad space. So we have to be very careful. Um, 
about opening things that we're not really ready to handle or equipped to handle. But well, I mean, well, well, hell, the, the fact that you just st- talk that out, man, like most people not equipped to handle. So uh, I guess is the assumption is most people are not equipped to handle getting to know someone on a intimate level to. I, I don't know, man, because like I, it's it's kind of wild because if you yeah, don't have yes the skills or, no. or to, if you don't have the skills or tools to to really have a, a deeper deeper level of understanding or awareness about yourself or mm. your partner or your work environment or your neighbor or you know a, a lot of these units that are very instrumental and important to your own life's development and progression. If you don't have the skills and, and tools to do the investigative work beforehand, then you're not going to have the skills and tools. To, you're going to go into a level of frustration trying to develop those skills and tools after the fact. Well, you can't do it by yourself, right? And I think that's the problem with many people is they think they can do it by themselves. You can't. You don't have the tools, but okay, I'm looking on social media and I, I read this and, oh, let me ask this question next time we get in the, and then what? And then what, right? I told one of my friends, I was like, yo, before you try to check your partner, check yourself. Mm-hmm. Why is your chest getting tight when you're having this conversation? Right? Because now this conversation is going to provide light on some of your vulnerabilities that you were not ready to handle. Nigga, go to therapy. That's what I like. So get so getting to know someone probably requires you to get to know yourself better. Absolutely, right? Oh, hello. Because okay. now you can now you can tap into something, right? Because what's worse than asking somebody a question that triggers them and their response triggers something that happened to you? Now y'all both sitting at the damn table triggered, ready to knock all this shit over. And that's usually what happens. And you don't know why, right? And so you're mad at this person for how they responded to you. They're mad at you for asking the question, but no one wants to talk about, like, why we're triggered in all of this whole entire thing, right? Go to therapy, right? Get over this, especially within the black community. My God, go to therapy. Everybody that has a job, most of your jobs offer EAP, Talk to someone, right? You get Very five to six resource. sessions, right? Yes. Five to six yep. sessions that will help you navigate some things, right? If you haven't properly healed from things that happened in your childhood, you're going to carry that unhealed child into an adult relationship. And then anytime something happens in the adult relationship, chances are you're going to respond like the unhealed child. And you're not going to be able to control it. And then when you recognize it, it's already too late because you've it's already, already too late. You've already you knocked just, all this shit over. You you you've either self sabotaged or you've chased that person away. Right. And so, can people get to know people without you know doing some self work? Yes and no. Uh, and I always say there, you asked a question out of concern, not out of curiosity. Because as concerned, if I'm concerned, I'm going to ask a question and I'm paying attention to how you respond to it. I can hear the difference in your tone and I know that maybe we should talk about this later. Or maybe I need to think about how I'm asking these questions so they feel more comfortable revealing this information. Versus concern, ooh, well, what ha- you said what happened when you was a kid? And how that happened? And what you do? Like, are you asking the why? Why did it happen instead of what 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 happened? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. And you know, what did you learn from it? Like, how did you heal from it? Are you still healing from it? Do you need help in healing with it? Like a lot of times when we're asking these questions and we get the stuff, it's not because we want to know so that people can be better and people can heal. Sometimes we just want to know because we're nosy. In the in the fuel of the rumor mill. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. once we get this information, I, I said, uh, you know, what you going to do with it? What you going to do with it? Your partner tells you that they were uh, sexually assaulted as a kid. What you going to do with it? Are you, are you going to have a, a, a better conversation in terms of how you approach sex and intimacy? Or are you going to be like, oh, that's why she was a hoe in college? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? 
your partner tells you that they were abandoned as a kid and left alone for months. Now it makes sense as to why this individual does not like to be at home by themselves. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Oh, they clingy. They get attached too easily. Like, what, what, what's the conversation going to be like, right? But being able to really, truthfully, when we're having these conversations, and a lot of this stuff, bro, doesn't necessarily come up through conversations. Sometimes being present will reveal a lot to you. You will see how someone responds to certain people, to certain things. You will see how when they're watching us. A, a movie and a certain scene pops up, you could see how their demeanor changes. Right? And uh, I have a friend who everything has to be a joke for them. And so they'll make a joke about what's happening on the TV if they're seeing somebody's getting uncomfortable. And that's their way of saying, hey, you know, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, you can't, you can't joke around with everyone about certain things, right? That's insensitive, very insensitive, right? Especially if they haven't really shared what's triggering them from the movie screen with anyone around them. And so now these individuals now are looking at you like, Oh, well you made a joke of this. So I can never reveal what happened to me to you. Or you made a, like a condescending comment. Yeah. Or of uh, you were being facetious. Yeah, I remember. Can't take you seriously at that point. I remember I was training individuals uh, to help out victims of sexual assault, and we were on a break. Someone who came in has a license, by the way, a licensed professional, made a comment as if it was the victim's fault, and something that we watched on TV, and someone else heard him who happened to be a victim. So when we get back in session, (laughs) shit pops off and I'm just like, what the hell is happening? That's when I find out that, Oh, this person said something. This person heard it. Oh shit. Right. And it's like, okay, so now, now your whole entire character is being questioned right now. You are being reported to the licensure board because of what you just said. And you're supposed to be an advocate for individuals of this particular crime. Well, you know, what did they do to deserve it? Whoa. <laughs> like, nope. Right. So anyone that has experienced this, that is around you, if they hear you say something that is very insensitive, what makes you think they're going to want to continue their relationship or conversation? Right. And so like getting to know other people is also knowing like, getting to know yourself better, right? And recognizing like, yo, how do I show up? If someone were to give me some heavy information, like I I got one friend who they can't handle emergencies and they will tell you, don't, I can't do emergencies. Like flashing lights, sirens, like unless I got to deal with it, you got to find somebody, I can't do it. And so um, I know that I can't call this person in an emergency. Like I have to be calm when I have to deliver information to this person. Like I know them this way. I also know someone like if I call and say something happened, their immediate response is laughter. And I'm just like, yo, that's, that's, that's demonic. Right. But that's how they process and Mm -hmm. deal with information. Like, Oh shit. Did that, let me call you back. And they get it together. Right. They know that's not the best response. But they they also aren't the trauma professional. They're right? not the trauma professional. But then <laughs> yeah. it also goes back to how they handled dealing with trauma that happened to them as a child. They laughed it off. Right? And so I know in a serious situation, I can't call them until I have processed and I am I am able to handle that. Right? And so I know them. My friend that doesn't do emergencies, I know them. Right. Like people that are around me, I pay attention to how they respond and show up in certain spaces and places. Because it's very important if shit pop off, like I got some friends, if some shit pop off, I'm sending a text message. I'm putting on all black and a mask and we riding out. Then on the other hand, I got some friends, if some shit popped off, they calling the cops. Right. So 
I know who to call for different situations, right? And going back to what we stated earlier, like if you don't know me by now, if you don't know how I'm showing up, if you don't know how I'm going to respond, if you don't know what triggers me, like are we really in relation as friends, as partner, as family, yeah. as a yeah. so, like are we really in relation to the point where um, your presence is a value add to me? That's what we have to start asking. Depending the, on how pe- how close people are to you, people should not be surprised at how you respond to certain things. That is true. That that is true. Right? People should be like, <laughs> like uh, all, all. I will say most. Most of my friends know how I'm going to respond for pretty much any situation. Most of my friends know if you call me for advice, I'm finna get in your ass and hold you accountable with it. So most friends know, like, yeah, we can't call Jones until we we done processed our emotion and we got it together. Like, am I that caring and concerning and, you know, do I show empathy? Absolutely. And now what we going to do about it, right? Because you can't stay in this space too long. So most friends know they got to call me. I'm I'm not the first resort. Like, mm-mm, nope, Jones, he's going to listen He's gonna show up, but then he's gonna before, want to plan. He's gonna want to plan. But then as soon as yeah. after the consoling is done, now we got to move out of this space. We can't stay here too long, right? And so does that mean that I'm a heartless individual? And no, right? I also know when to turn that off. Certain situations will require me to turn it off. But also individuals know to when they call me that they're not calling me just so I can hold them and hug them and rock them and tell them everything's gonna be okay. Like I'm not that friend. They know that I'm going to be caring and concerning and I'm going to provide them what they need in that space and I'm pulling you out, right? And so, like, mo- all of my friends know this. They also know not to call me for certain things, right? And so when people get surprised, like, I can't believe you said that, I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> like, I've, I've, this is, this consistently right this is consistently how i show up in spaces like i'm yep uh, uh, irrespective of person as the as they used to say even though i hate the word irrespective um the coldest part about it is it's really about it's just it's just as much about mm self-awareness as it is about awareness of the people that you're in relationship with yep it's equally important because yep. you can't get to the core of it without it's not a it's not mutually exclusive. Like you you have to have a level of awareness to have that level of presence or engagement and uh, intentionality. Yeah. When it comes to relationships that you want to continue to develop and co- and cultivate. Yeah. And that's you know that's regardless of what kind of relationship that it is. And so um you know my 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 only charge to you brother Jay is if uh, I'm ever running for like mayor or county commissioner or uh, the treasury of the local chapter of the NAACP or something like that. If I'm any, running for any kind of office, man, don't let me have blind spots, brother Jay. Like, just tell your Kev, you know, you, you might lose this. You might lose this election, and it's okay because these people support you these people probably won't support you. Like, just just shout me out, man. Just shout me out. Don't have me looking like Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> I'm home. I'm I'm home alone in the House of Representatives, man. And ain't nobody ain't nobody telling me like, yo, yo, be you be looking kind of funny style out here, fair, man. You fair. might want to go sit your ass down somewhere. I got you. I got you. That's my only that's my only request to you, brother Jay. So I can do that. I can handle you that. Know, but um in the in the illustrious words of uh Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes, feature artist Theodore Pendergrass. Come on, Theodore. 1972, If You Don't Know Me By Now, by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, man. Um, The line that really uh, intrigues me the most that's applicable to this conversation, Brother Jay, we've all got our funny moods. I've got mine. Woman, you got yours too. Yes, sir. Just trust in me like I trust in you. As long as we've been together, 
it should be so easy to do. Just get yourself together or we might as well say goodbye. What good is a love affair when can't you can't see, see eye to eye? Yes, sir. Them niggas was spitting back in the day. If you uh, don't know me by now, yes, sir. you'll never, 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 never know, Brother Jay. And to get to know people in your circle and in your relationships, you need a level of awareness about yourself yep. before you can understand someone else. Mm. Damn, Brother Jay, sometimes we just got to let the spirit come in the room and make it do what it do. Make it do what it do, baby. That's it, man. Well, Happy New Year, Brother Jay. Happy New Year to all of the members of the village from uh, the continent of Africa to the Middle East, South America, all across the United States from the Atlantic to the Pacific. We thank y'all for listening. We wish you a joyful goat year 2023. And with that, you just witnessed another edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ. And we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Where evolution is revolution. Until next time, be light. Be like.